Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. All right, you guys, today I'm coming at you with yet another pillar of health. So what kind of Last week, I kind of started the series where I talk about exercise and why that's a pillar of health. And and pretty much everything I'm talking about in this podcast is a pillar of health. You know, we've talked about gut health. We've talked about detoxification. We've talked about environmental toxins. We've talked about kind of touched on, you know, hormone and period health. I'm going to definitely dive into that more, you know, as we get into future episodes. And, you know, we've talked about primitive and ancestral living and how that kind of encompasses all these different pillars of health. Um, But today I want to talk about specifically about stress. I see it all the time. I see it when I run Dutch tests. I see it in the, just, I guess the patient population that I attract, I see stress and I see that in our society, it is just the last thing that people address. People will get their workout in. People will meal prep their food. They will eat, make, make healthier choices. But for some reason, when it comes down to stress management and decreasing their cortisol and optimizing their their adrenal and adaptogen system, that is just the last thing for some reason on people's minds. But I'm going to hear I'm going to tell you that it has to be the first thing. So I, I talk about this reverse pyramid all the time. I have posted it on my social media before, but think about a reverse pyramid. So the chunky part at the top small part at the bottom, the two squares that are going to be the most important and they're going to be on top directing everything on the bottom are two hormones called insulin, which I've addressed in episode number nine, I believe on metabolic health. And today I'm going to be addressing cortisol, which is the second hormone at that very top bulk part of that pyramid that is going to control everything else. Underneath that is going to be things like thyroid hormone and thyroid hormone and is going to control other things like your sex hormones. Your sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone are on the very freaking bottom. They will not ever be addressed if you don't focus on the top hormones. So we have to treat this. If you have low progesterone and high estrogen or wonky testosterone or weird DHEA, you know, we can't just supplement these here and there. We have to take a full body approach and be like, why are these things off? Okay, well, they might be off for a various amount of reasons. Maybe you're insulin resistant. Maybe your stress is running rampant. Maybe your adrenals have been just hit so hard because of your lifestyle that you, you know, you've got low functioning cortisol, which is totally a possibility. And, and those have to be addressed before other hormones and things are balanced. And, you know, this is important for males and females because males, if you don't have proper cortisol and stress management, your testosterone is going to tank, which nobody wants that. Um, you know, weight gain, weight gain, especially this is for males and females. That's going to be prevalent in the midsection, more visceral fat, because what I'm going to talk about is this is all protective mechanisms. So if we're out in the wild and we are stressed, the body is one thinking, okay, we are for sure not going to reproduce now. So it tanks female hormones, tanks male hormones. We are literally, if we're stressed, we are just surviving. If we're stressed, we are not bringing another human into this world. Whether you want to have a kid or not, I see this a lot with people who have missing periods, wonky periods. They just want their cycle to be regular, but their stress is in the bucket. And same thing for guys, low sex drive, you know, low ambition, low motivation, low muscle tone. All of these things are a lot of times due to high cortisol. And 
and the body can be stressed for a lot of different ways, which I'll get into. But if you're thinking about it, you're out in the wild and you're just literally trying to survive. Okay. You know, we're also going to pack on some body fat because body fat is a survival mechanism. Because if you don't have enough body fat, you're going to wilter away and your body's not going to have enough energy. So where does the body put it? It puts it right where all of our vital organs are. It puts it right in the freaking midsection because that's where our liver is. It's where our spleen is. It's where our GI system is. That's what needs to be protected the most. So yeah, is it annoying that you can't lose your midsection? Yeah, it totally is. And I hear you. But your body is doing it for a reason. Your body is not doing these things because it hates you. Your body's doing, you know, whether it's weight loss resistance or irregular hormones or unbelievable fatigue or, you know, low sex drive or low muscle tone or all of these things that literally nobody wants to have acne, whatever your body is doing this. It's a protective thing. It's literally trying to, it's one is trying to tell you something. And two, it is just trying to protect you because our body's main job on this earth, it has two jobs. It is to survive and it is to reproduce so that we can keep our race going. That is it. That is why we are here. We're not here to have six pack shredded abs. We're not here to be doctors and accountants and CEOs. And we're not put on this earth to do that. I'm, it's amazing that we all have the ability to do that, but that's not why we're here. So just to kind of give us a self check, we have to be keeping everything else in check in order for our optimal health to be there. And that's why I stress is, is imperative to people's health. Stress causes chronic disease. Stress causes cancer. Stress causes hypertension. It causes diabetes because it raises blood sugar. It causes obesity because it doesn't, you get what I'm saying. It's going to cause extra fat to be held onto the body, causing weight loss resistance. It can cause, you know, infertility and all these different issues. I mean, stress is always something that I'm asking people about. And a lot of people just peg it off as, yeah, I'm stressed once in a while, but stress comes in many different forms. Stress comes in many, many different forms. So stress obviously comes from mental and emotional stress. So you are, maybe it's, you know, you're a parent, you've got a lot on your plate. Maybe your work is hard. You know, you're a student and you're taking all these tests and you're just trying to pass and, you know, that, gosh, PTSD, that brings me back. And that was a very stressful time. I was literally just trying to survive. <laughs> um, if you hear my wind chimes, it's because I'm recording this outside because it's beautiful out, but stress comes in. So obviously we know the mental forms, you know, a loved one is, is sick or, you know, a pet passes away or, you know, those are obviously various signs of stress that we know. Other signs of stress that you might not realize are stress are chronic dieting. And what do I mean by chronic dieting? Um, I mean, significantly low calories over an extended period of time. That's chronic dieting. Um, also too high, too high intensity of training without proper recovery and without proper rest. I mean, most people, like I talked in last week's episode, I mean, exercise is a therapy exercise is a lot of people's gateway into just getting, getting out of real life and just doing something for themselves. But I do see it happen a lot in the fitness community of just go, go, go with no rest, no recovery, chronic diet for so long. We're so low on macros, especially things like fat, which we need to make hormones and we need to make precursors to cortisol. And there's a lot of, so you get what I'm saying. It's, that's a big stressor. So it's really, really important to find that balance and what works for you. Other stressors are environmental toxins. Maybe you're exposed to mold, which a lot of people are different people tolerate it differently. Heavy metals, 
they're found in drinking water. They're found in houses, especially older homes, you know, and those are hugely related to, uh, you know, hormonal dysfunction and issues losing weight, especially mold, because if you're exposed to mold without kind of getting on too much of a tangent, so the, the body's very, very smart. If we're exposed to toxins, like external stressors and external toxins, the body has a hard time getting rid of it. It can. And if the body's having a hard time getting rid of it, the body will find places in the body to store it. So the body will store it in fat because it's pretty, it's pretty protected in fat tissue. It's out of your circulation. It's, it's stored in fat. And I've seen that happen where people totally normal. They don't change anything about their life. They start getting exposed to mold, whether it's at work, their home, whatever, and they just start putting on weight like crazy. It's because the body's smart. The body is just trying to tuck these toxins away so that the liver doesn't have to keep processing them. So then when we go through mold detox, it is just, it is a detox because they're releasing that mold. They got to get rid of it, whatever. But hey, that's a huge stressor, right? Like these things that we're being come in contact with, that perfume that you put on every day that you think smells great. That's a stressor. The bot that is not a natural thing. That is xenoestrogens and endocrine disruptors that then your liver has to detox, which you don't think of it as a stressor, but it is. Personal care products, that body lotion, that makeup that you're putting on every day that you don't feel any different putting on, that's low acute stressors on your body. That, you know, your body's got to detox the chemicals, your body has to detox the heavy metals, which newsflash are totally found in personal care products, especially makeup. And those are things that we don't think of as stressors. If anything, it's therapeutic to do your, you know, medical grade skincare and it's therapeutic to do your Sephora and Mac makeup. But I mean, it's, it's a stressor on your body if there, if it's not a clean product and there are toxins in it. And that's just the unfortunate truth. So stress comes in a lot of different forms, especially, you know, if we kind of bring it back to diet, if you think you're eating quote unquote healthy and you're eating quote unquote within your macros, but you're eating foods that are constantly inflaming your gut, that is not supposed to happen. <laughs> so food sensitivities, um, anything like that's irritating your gut is an acute stressor and it's going to be harder to heal. And all of these things are driving cortisol up, which are going to make it that much harder to heal everything else. Because if cortisol is jacked, thyroid hormones jacked, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, all jacked. They're all going to be out of whack. Sleep's going to be out of whack. You know, every, it, they all control another. And so that's why we can't just, oh, your, your progesterone's low. Like, let me just give you one supplement for progesterone and you'll be on your way. No, sure. Supplements can be great in certain things, but we have to address the upline and root cause of why this can be occurring. And so that's why I'm always looking at insulin and I'm always looking at cortisol. And because a lot of times people, you know, I, I ask, you know, how stressed they are. And a lot of people are going to have some sort of stress in their life, whether no matter what it is, but a lot of people don't realize these stressors that they don't necessarily feel a difference from like your tap drinking water or your like pesticide laden food or, you know, chemicals in your personal care products. And that's not to make you feel like you need to go throw everything out right now. I just think it's really important to try to avoid what you can, especially when you're trying to heal, avoid what you can. Obviously nobody's perfect, but it is really important to, to look at what you can control. And when you finish something that might not be serving you, you just swap it out for something better. That is my, like the best way I think to avoid environmental toxins. And I talked on that on my environmental toxins podcast. I think it's episode number four, but those are stressors, whether, you know, whether we see it or not. And so 
I think it's really, really important to to kind of dissect, okay, where are these, like sit down and, and think about where can these things be in your life? You know, what are you cooking with? What are you using? Are you exercising too much? Are you exercising too little? Have you been exposed to heavy metals or mold? Like what's in your deodorant? What's in your shampoo? What's in my makeup? What, what's in the food that I'm eating? How do I feel after I eat this food? Is this food making me bloated? Because if it is, it's causing GI inflammation, which is a stressor. Am I going to the bathroom every day? Are my periods irregular? Like really like sit down and kind of reverse engineer what you can change, what you can fix. And if you can't figure it out or you need a little bit help, more help, obviously, you know, that's what I'm here for. I've been loving booking online consults with you guys. They've been a lot of fun and it really, it's, it's crazy to, when we're going through all these questions and discussions on like how it's really opening your eyes to like, Oh my God, I never even thought that this could be a stressor or I never even thought of it this way. But then when we make some changes like lifestyle changes, it's a crazy how everything changes and stress, totally stress management is a totally lifestyle medicine. Most of what I do is lifestyle medicine. It's okay. How can we optimize your diet? How can we optimize your detox pathways and clean out environmental toxins and things that, you know, are, could be hindering your health? How do we optimize your uh, stress management? How do we optimize an exercise routine that's right for you? I mean, that is lifestyle medicine. Yeah. I'll give supplements and herbs sometimes. Yeah. We add some things in like that, but a lot of it is literally changing what's going on in your lifestyle. And, and I think that that's pretty powerful because if you get anything out of my podcast, you can know that we are in a lot more control than we think. And because of how stress can manifest into so many just negative things, you know, it literally changes how our genes are expressed. So that's a prelude. It can turn certain genes on and, and when we're doing, it turns certain non, like not good genes on, you know, like cancerous genes and genes for more chronic diseases. And, but if we are practicing stress management, we can make sure that we are optimizing and making sure that our, those bad genes are being turned off. Those good genes are being turned on. That is the power of epigenetics and stress is a huge way to do that. So I want to kind of talk through some ways that you can kind of manage your stress. I want to tell you some things that I do to help manage my stress and just make that really a priority in my life. So, um, a huge thing that's, uh, is really, really important for stress management is activating that vagus nerve. So cranial nerve 10 comes out of the brainstem and it literally travels all the way down through your thorax, AKA your lung, like chest cavity. And it attaches to your GI system. It also innervates your lungs, uh, and intestines. And it's a, so it's a cranial nerve, AKA starting in the brain going down. It is responsible for parasympathetic. It's responsible for rest and digest it is not often turned on to many people. There are a few ways that you can turn it on though. So ways that you can activate that vagus nerve that to get some vagal tone and some stress relief, some rest and digest, get you into that, get, get you out of that fight or flight that so many people are in all the freaking time. One is just breathing through your belly. Your belly is a cinder. Like think of it as a cylinder. So the front, the sides, and even the back. So your, uh, lumbar spine as well. So, you know, putting your hands around your waist and taking really deep breaths in and like really expanding your hands out. Or if you're sitting on, uh, or if you're laying down on the couch or something or laying down the floor, putting a heavy book or, you know, putting your hands on your stomach to give you that type of resistance and give you that cue to breathe in your belly. We're the lungs, believe it or not, are more of an accessory breathing organ. The diaphragm is where we are meant to breathe. You see weightlifters are phenomenal at diaphragmatic breathing. They take these big, huge breaths to their belly. And that's also why I love sometimes using a belt is because it's a really nice 
proprioceptive cue to breathe through your belly. Um, and that's really how we can turn on that parasympathetic. So, you know, multiple times throughout the day, just, okay, one, become aware of it. Take five deep breaths through your belly. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, if you start breathing through your belly, I've had people just tell me that they just end up falling asleep, breathing uh, through their belly. It just, it kicks you out of that sympathetic mode and it puts you right in a parasympathetic rest, digest. It's amazing. It's the best free thing that you can do to get yourself out of that stressful, sympathetic state. That's why, you know, like deep breaths are so powerful, but really just channel those deep breaths through your diaphragm. Another thing you can do to help, uh, that vagal tone and that activate that vagus nerve is gargling. Gargling can be great. Um, so there you can, anyways, you can, uh, through kind of like the gag reflex gargling, that is another way that you can activate it. You can activate it through splashing cold water on your face or taking cold showers. That is definitely something I push myself to do every day. It's kind of back to my last episode. It's not the most comfortable thing and it definitely takes your breath away, but the health benefits from cold showers are actually pretty astounding and pretty incredible. So if you're not ready for the cold shower, just splash your face with cold water and that can also help activate the vagus nerve. Um, diaphragmatic breathing, yoga, meditation, all of those things where you're channeling the breath, channeling, breathing through the belly. So, um, getting into meditation, this is definitely something that was kind of, okay, yeah, moo woo. I'm just going to sit here and breathe for 10 minutes and I'm going to be a whole new person, whatever. No, it is, it is that you, that is my time. That is, some days are harder than others. Some days my mind will wander more than others. I use uh, the app the app called Calm, C-A-L-M. There's also other good ones such as Insight Timer. Headspace is another good one. I've used Headspace before. I really like Calm because they have a daily meditation, which they call Daily Calm. And, you know, it's it's kind of a guided meditation. They'll she'll kind of walk you through it. Um, and there's like very nice nature music in the background. And then there's always like a segment where she'll reflect on where at the end of the session, you just are kind of breathing and listening. And she's talking about a certain thing. And, and I just find that that really helps ground me and like really just brings me back. Like there's been some really good mantras, um, you know, where I'm trying to think of one. I think it was it is what it is kind of thing. And and I just like, if I'm going through my day and anything messes up my schedule, I'm just like sometimes just thrown off. But then I just say the mantra that I learned in that meditation. And it, it really is, it's a practice. It's things where I'm getting better at each day. Some days are better than others. Some days are easier than others, but no matter what I'm doing it. And I've been doing it now. My mom and I are, we're doing it together where we started, I think it was over two weeks ago. We started it together. When I went home for a weekend, we would do it every day in the sauna. But now I, I need to keep myself accountable. So I just send her the yoga emoji or the like Zen meditation emoji every day. And we send each other that when we finish our meditation. And that's just like our little daily check-in. We all have 10 minutes. So you can work out for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then you can breathe for 10 minutes, whether it's a four bed in the morning at lunch, whatever. I don't really have a set time. I don't do it in the morning because I feel that I'm already nice and Zen in the morning where I don't, I don't feel like I need it. So I try to place it where throughout my day, you know, like I'll probably do it after I podcasted today because it had been kind of a crazy day and I just need to kind of check in with myself and just kind of rewind. But, um, I think that's super important. And and meditation is something that I really recommend for a lot of people. It's, it's not woo woo. I mean, you really do feel the benefits of it and 
and you really won't know until you try and until you're consistent because I was really good when this whole shutdown happened and then I got away and I was like, Oh, I don't need this anymore. I don't need this anymore. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I totally, I totally need this. When I started getting back into it, it's, it's 10 minutes. They've got three minute ones on there. They've got one minute ones on there. So there's really no excuse not for me to do it. That is, it's another pillar of my healthcare or is, is practicing that stress management, just like checking in with myself, checking in with how I'm feeling and just being steady for one second. So much of my life is connected, whether it's connected with people on social media, connected with people in person via patient visits or people at the gym or, you know, my family or Nick or my dog, you know, like I'm just so connected in so many different ways. And I feel like I'm talking to people or texting with people or emailing with people or zooming with people or whatever, that it's really important for me to just take that time and just be period. So meditation is a huge way to de-stress. Obviously, if you listen to last week's episode on exercise, exercise is another great way to de-stress. Um, you know, it's, it's really important. And like I had talked about kind of in that episode is it is really important to find that balance. I find that a lot of people in the fitness community have come from a past of over-exercising where, you know, it's two a days for women is not suggested. Uh, I don't do not suggest it. Not good for hormones. It's going to be, it's going to be dampering your, your cortisol more than anything, but you know, training, you know, I don't know, four to six times a week, depending on how you're feeling that day, intensity, verifying some hard days for sure. And then the rest of the days, maybe you just walk or yoga or sauna or whatever. Um, I think that that's kind of how you can find a routine that works for you. That's not overstressing you. That's, that's making sure that it's serving you and you're still getting the therapeutic benefits, but you're not overdriving cortisol. Cause there's some days where I weight train six days and I just feel phenomenal, especially kind of at the beginning of my cycle. I'm just like, all right, let's go, let's push the weight, let's crush a workout. And then sometimes I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just a little bit more tired this week and you know, I'm still going to train hard a few days, but you know, maybe I'll take a little bit more days where I just go for a real easy run or I just do more rocking and, or just even like walking, you know? And, and that's cool. I mean, that's still serving me. I'm still getting the therapeutic benefits from what I'm doing. I'm still pushing myself. I'm still challenging myself. But I, it's really important to just dip in your intuition and stop doing what society tells you to do and do what you freaking want to do and do what feels good for you. And I think that that's where we get in trouble is so many people are just so out of touch with how they feel uh, that, that that's, I think, where we get all these things. People don't know what eating, what type of eating feels good for them. Cause they just do whatever macros are calculated for them. And, or we're in such a society that's so insulin resistant. We're all craving carbs anyways, that we don't even know what real, what it feels like to eat real whole foods and not have carb cravings and not be hungry and not, not be stressed because stress also will increase insulin. So it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's complex. Everything works together. And that's why modern modern society's kind of failed us. We, you, you know, you go to a specialist for this and a specialist for this, but they're all connected. Your hormones are connected to your adrenals and which are connected to your brain, which are connected to your gut. Everything is connected. So it's so important to treat it as such. And other things that you can do that are, that I like to do for stress management and that I recommend are, you know, I mean, it kind of looks different for everybody, but I talked about meditation. I talked about exercising. You can do some yoga, just literally go sit out on the grass and do some grounding. That also sounds woo woo, but we have a charge and the earth has a charge when we are barefoot or when we are physically in contact with the earth, we are literally absorbing 
the Earth's electrons and magnetic force. I mean, that is not, I know it sounds like woo woo to some people, but grounding is seriously so beneficial. They've done thermographies of people on concrete or not on earthing. They are, their feet are on the ground and their inflammation is significantly decreased. How do you explain that? You explain it because of the negative charges and of that the earth is a living force. You know, it's the same thing when you hug somebody and you get oxytocin or, you know, you snuggle with your loved one or, you know, you pet an animal. All of those things are bursts of oxytocin and bursts of love and like interactions of atoms and electrons that change our energy field and change how we feel. I mean, you know how you feel when you're around someone negative. When someone, at least I'm very sensitive to being a, like, I'm very, I'm very like in tune with energy and I try to put out only great energy. But when I'm around someone whose energy is not on my level, it totally brings me down. So I have to, not that people have to be on my energy, but if someone's like down in the dumps, it totally can bring me down if my energy's up, you know? So, but I've also seen where I've had super high energy. Someone really came in, they weren't having a great day, but then they left and their energy was, was so much further up. Like we are constantly having that energy exchange with people. So just keep that in mind, like surround yourself with great people who only bring you up. If you are surrounded by shitty people or crappy friends or crappy coworkers, it's might be time to just kind of like disconnect and free yourself from that because there's enough toxicity in the world. We do not need to be getting it from people that we spend our time with. And I think that that's very important. So that's very important. I'm very particular about who I surround myself with. I'm very particular about who and when I give my energy to. And, and that for me, that is totally stress management and self-care, you know? Um, you know, date nights are really fun for Nick and I. It's, it's or even like just taking the dog on a walk for us. Like that is, uh, we had to catch in, catch up with each other. We get to be out in nature. We get to be moving. Like we're tackling a lot of different things. And I think that's super fun. Sometimes stress relief for us is just turning on a show or reading a book at night. Like that's one of my favorite things in the morning. My de-stress practice is reading, like reading an educational book where I'm being so empowered with all this information and knowledge. And for me, that's, that's super stress free. You know, I love that. And maybe yours is more of a, a fiction or maybe a nonfiction book or a magazine or whatever it is. I mean, find what that is. Maybe it's journaling, you know, finding that, that stress routine is super, super important. But I think that we need to start making self-care and stress-free care more of a priority. Um, you know, and, and when we think of it, it's not necessarily just face masks and massages and all that kind of stuff, which those things are all great. I love myself. I love myself a good face mask. I love myself a massage or an acupuncture appointment. I love myself an Epsom salt bath. And those I do use frequently, but we have to be doing the other things too. We have to be, you know, taking a look at your environment. Like what are you exposing yourself to that might be stressful? Are you under eating? Are you overeating? Are you eating inflammatory oils? Are you eating inflammatory foods that are creating these low grade stressors? Because again, those all go into this whole picture of what is creating stress in the body. What is, how, how are certain ways that we can minimize it and how are ways that we can optimize, optimize our health and managing stress is a huge pillar of that. And I hope that this motivates you to, to take some of those steps to whether it's getting toxic things or toxic people out of your life, maybe it's starting a meditation practice. And if so, let me freaking know, because I love, I mean, that is a huge thing. There's been so much clinical research on meditation. I just, I just need to keep being consistent with it because I, I see and I know the benefit and I want to share that with you guys. Um, 
and, you know, take a look at your training schedule, take a look at your diet, you know, are you eating inflammatory foods? Are you eating foods that serve you? You know, all those different types of things. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like I've obviously talked about, but I just want to make you aware of it. So, you know, what changes you might need to make. And if you need help, you know where to find me. You know, I, I do have openings for my one-on-one consults this next, there is going to be some of like limited availability in the next few weeks, just because things are going to be crazy, but we can get you on the schedule and we can get working together. Um, I love using the Dutch test for analyzing stress hormones because the Dutch complete, which is my favorite test to run, um, it will cover cortisol and it'll show us how it's being detoxed and, you know, your free cortisol versus your metabolized. And I can see really cool clinical patterns with that. So I can see if people's livers are sluggish or if their thyroid's off just by kind of seeing the pattern of what is available and what has been metabolized. I, and then we can look at, you know, what your cortisol pattern looks like throughout the day. Cause it's supposed to be it's supposed to kind of go up in the morning, be its highest in the afternoon and then slowly taper off throughout the day and be low in the evening and people are having trouble sleeping. They see their cortisol, they see their, uh, their daily graph pinpoint and their cortisol's high at night. And it's like, okay, we got to fix this. We, that's why you're having trouble sleeping at night. Now we got to fix it, you know, which, you know, a lot of times limiting caffeine, which caffeine, I didn't even mention as a stressor, but it is, you know, caffeine should not be, it's, I mean, it's, it's, technically a drug, you know, like I love my coffee, but a lot, I don't need it to, to get going in the morning. And, and I think a lot of people do. And that's kind of something that I do want to talk about is just constant fatigue. And a lot of times that's due to cortisol being off, which as you've learned from today can be due to a lot of different things. So it's just, it's helpful when we have that Dutch info, it's not necessary. There's a lot that I can just get from history and, and, and we can kind of go from there, but it is definitely useful information to say the least. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think, and I will see you guys next week. Woo!